Hello everyone, I'm Jensine Bard, and welcome to Testimony, where truth is told, lives are changed, and hope is given. Revelation 12:11 tells us that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, a testimony of your story for His glory. Today's program is part one of a two-part conversation with Susan Howard. Hello, Susan. Welcome to Testimony. Thank you, Jensine. It's delightful to be with you today. Well, this is a phone interview for our listening audience. Uh, Susan has graciously agreed to be with us this morning from her home in Texas. And if any of you watched the mega-hit series Dallas in the 80s, you will know that Susan played the beautiful Donna on this show. Now, Susan, I understand you are a woman of faith, and I know that everyone wanted to know who shot Jr. <laughs> but today, I think, Susan... <laughs> I think just about everyone on the show was filmed shooting him. <laughs> well, today, Susan... You have an incredible testimony, and this is what we want to focus on and hear about from you this morning. In my reading about you, you're involved in quite a bit. Can you tell us a little bit about that, what brought you to Hollywood, and what you're doing now? Uh, well, growing up, Jensen, uh, that was always something I really wanted to do, and I guess as you go through your life, you find out that God has given each and every one of us gifts and talents, and uh, hopefully in most people's lives they have an opportunity to pursue them or to achieve them or at least uh, go for it. And I was fortunate enough to have a family that supported me and, and my dreams, and uh, so I studied theater at the University of Texas and ended up in California. I was either there in New York and I knew it wasn't going to be New York. So I really mm -hmm. grew up on film, enjoyed it immensely and, and could see the impact that it not only had on me growing up, because I grew up in the days of Doris Day and, and all those wonderful mm -hmm. things. In fact, last night my husband and I just sat and watched Showboat with Howard Keel, who was on, I just wept when I saw it and remembered. And I'm deeply sorry that today our children can't be afforded those kinds of things where uh, hope and, and victory and morals and, and all kinds of respect and virtue and honor were obvious in those films. But anyway, I ended up out there, worked part-time, mm -hmm. secretary, trying to make it happen or see for it happen, and the Lord just opened doors for me at that time. I was brought up in the faith went to church, but I, I never had a committed heart towards the Lord. It was just something you did when you grow up. You know, you go to church with your parents, and you hear it, and you get baptized, and nothing. There, nothing transpired there. And I ended up being cast in a wonderful series called Petrocelli. Mm -hmm. Yes, which was great. It was starring Barry Newman and Albert Stalmy. And the show was over. All of a sudden, we were canceled. We were nominated for, oh, my goodness, uh, Emmys and Golden Globes, and I was. And the show was canceled, and you're going, oh, my gosh. <laughs> I thought this was supposed to happen, and you just go uh -huh. into a deep funk. And my husband, we were just really struggling. And Calvin said to me, well, he said, you know, we need to go to church. And it was like he had said something, like spit fire, you know, out of his mouth that just kind of came on you, and it just sort of burned all over. 
mm-hmm. not in a spiritual way inside, but like, oh my gosh, what are you talking about? The last thing we need is church. <laughs> and he said, no, we need to go to church because he had been brought up to, he's from Texas. There was a church on the corner close to where we live. We, were, we didn't go that one. But there was one down by the unemployment office which every actor knows where that is. And it was a small little <laughs> church. And I thought, okay, let's go to that one because probably if it's that small, nobody goes there anyway. So we go down on a Sunday morning, not even knowing. We figured, oh, well, maybe they went to church at 11 or something because that's what we did, you know, back home. But when we got over there, we found out they had three services a day. And that day, of course, they want to raise it when you go to church. They always want to drag you down to the front row because they recognize that you're a heathen and a bacon. Right? <laughs> right. <laughs> it's true. And they go, okay, well, you come on. We're going to take you. I go, no, you put the brakes up. <laughs> I'm not going down there. So we, sat, <laughs> we sat in the second row of the back row. This is 31 years ago, January the 21st. I remember it as though it were today. It was wow. the day I was born again. And uh, I heard the sermon. My ears were opened. My heart, I began to sob and weep, and they have, and still have, I'm sure, a church on the way, where you would stand up and make small circles, and people will pray with you or for you, and we Mm -hmm. did that, and it was very unnerving. Said, now, uh, if there are any of you here who would like to know more about Jesus, we'd like to give you a Bible, pray with you, share with you, and here's a, here's a room, and here's some friends and some people who would just like to talk to you. Well, by then, I had been able to get myself together. You know, uh-oh, okay, well, this is nice. This felt good, okay? Uh-huh. Oh, now we can go home. We don't ever have to come back again, all right? So this is how the <laughs> devil works, all right? He comes to kill, to steal, and destroy. Right. So he comes to take those things that God has, to pull them out. And let me tell you, we would have walked out of there mm-hmm. that morning if not the lady behind me who had been in the prayer group. She reached over and put her hand on my shoulder. And I tell you, mm-hmm. it was the hand of the Lord. And I turned around and I looked in her eyes and she said, wouldn't you like to know more about Jesus? <laughs> well, wow. I came and I totally fell apart, sobbing and crying. All I could do was nod my head. We went back to the room. We sat and talked, prayed. And from that day on, all I did was grow in Christ. That's all I did. We would go. They had like a church on the way schooling, if you will. We just studied the Word of God, and it was almost like getting a college degree in biblical history and biblical studies. Mm-hmm. We would go three nights a week, and we did this for two years and studied. So it was one of those, what I call a absolute total transformation of someone who, who had heard but didn't hear, who had eyes to see but couldn't see. And all of a sudden, our lives, and I said, well, I'm not supposed to be in the industry anymore. I'm not, I'm not going to do this. I gave up my agent. I had nothing except a friend who had been one of the producers. So, Susan, you felt at that time that God wanted you out of the business because now you're a born-again Christian? No, no, I did not. I felt like I was not, I thought, how could you be in the industry and serve Christ? Mm -hmm. So that wasn't the Holy Spirit saying, leave the business and get up. No, no. That was (laughs) my my lack of maturity, if you will and comprehending that God puts everybody in specific places for such a time, okay? Mm-hmm. I didn't know it, but God honored my heart in it, 
because it was pure before him and the reasons I wanted to get rid of an egg, all that, and try something different, which I did not know. Maybe I was supposed to go be a, a Bible teacher. I didn't know, Jensen. I did not know. All I knew was I just wanted what all that I could get of Christ because it was wonderful to have a new life. And I, I knew I had one. But that's not what God had in mind. Right. And Susan, how old were you at the time when you made this commitment to the Lord? Oh, my gosh, hon. Don't even ask me that. Okay. <laughs> okay, we won't. It doesn't matter. But the point is, as you were born again, you were a new creature in Christ Jesus, and everything Absolutely. was new to you. Absolutely. Totally. I could read the Bible and understand it. Okay? It wasn't some fictional book. It was, everything was true. There is nothing in the Word of God from beginning to end, from Genesis to Revelation, that is not verifiably true. Mm -hmm. And it is verifiably true if anybody would ever study historical mm -hmm. Bible. Mm -hmm. Amen. And that, that's a fact, okay? I mean, I hear people talk about, well, yeah, whales. No, it says God made a big fish. Didn't say a whale swallowed him, okay? So people can always misinterpret and do things because of fear. See, they fear that the Word of God is really true, and it is. But then fear brings a snare. That's and right. And that's what the Word says. Fear brings a snare to mankind, which leads them farther and farther away from the truth of Christ. But the gentleman who was the producer on Petrocelli ended up being the writer-producer and majority director on Dallas. Mm. wrote the mm. role for me. Wow. And he wrote two or three different scripts, and I turned them all down. And he finally wrote this one, and he sent it to him, and he said, this is you. You have to do this. And I read <laughs> it, and we prayed over it, and I uh -huh. said, you know, Callan, this seems right to me. And that was how it began. Now, was this producer a Christian? No, he's passed away now. His name is Leonard Katzman. He's a, a Jewish man. But when Calvin and I renewed our vows in the Lord, he and his wife were at church with us and took communion. So uh, we had a parting of the ways, if you will, on Dallas because the storyline that had to do with Donna being pregnant and find out she's carrying a Down syndrome child, which right. was another way of the propaganda in Hollywood that you do. It's a way of undermining things that they do not conceive worthy of life, okay? So Donna, who was the, quote, nice person, if you will, who stood up for things and punched JR in the face and uh -huh. kind of thing, would be the one who would choose to have an abortion. Right. Because she was having a Down syndrome child, and actually, I mean, this is what they said, 80-some-odd percent of people who find out they're carrying a Down syndrome child choose abortion. And I said, what about the other 20 or 8 percent or whatever it is? They sat there with faces blank. I said, wouldn't you say that they wanted it? Why could you not say that Donna wanted it? And I said, look, this is it, okay? I said, I won't make waves over it. I'm not going to the press. I'm not going to do anything. But if this is a storyline that you intend to have, you can write me off right now because I will not be on the show. I will not have this character kill an innocent child. So they came back after a season of time, and the gentleman who was also the executive producer with Leonard, who was a Catholic gentleman, Phil Capice, he said, Susan, we've worked it out. You're not going to have an abortion. I said, well, that's good. He said, however, you will lose the child. <laughs> what, what it did was for that season of time on the Dallas show, because they let me go through the pregnancy, carrying it up to a season of time, which meant 
the fellow who played my husband, Steve Keneally, the Ray character, and I got involved with Down Syndrome. They brought Down Syndrome children on the show. They brought children with spina bifida. They brought children who were paraplegic. They brought children who were deaf. They brought children who were blind. And all of a sudden, Dallas was not just about greed and murder and conniving and bad politics and backroom dealings. There was a, a, something that happened to it that even touched the crew that brought things that had been hidden, Jensen. Okay, people used to say, oh, you have to hide these people, okay? Right. And, and it is so sad. But it was wonderful what happened. And then eventually, Donna does lose the baby, but they adopted a deaf child. Wow. So we, anyway, God did a wonderful thing in the midst of all of it. And I had so many letters and so many comments and so many people just send me pictures about their Down syndrome child or their, their child with spina bifida and how much it meant to see them on TV and to have them accorded the distinction of being human beings who, yes, were different and, yes, were special and, yes, had needs as we all do. We are all broken and blind and deaf without the life of Christ coming into our hearts and changing us to give us a hope for the future. Amen. Amen. Donna. Amen. Uh, oh, I <laughs> I wanted to call you Donna, but uh, Susan. And everybody else does. Oh, my Lord. Well, Anne McCulley is a mutual friend of ours, and I really have her to thank for uh, connecting us for this interview today. It's been my pleasure, truly my pleasure. Be sure to tune in next week when we continue our conversation with the dynamic Susan Howard. If you would like more information, you can visit our website at jensinebard.com. That's one word, J-E-N-S-I-N-E-B-A-R-D.com. Or write to us at Testimony, P.O. Box 1333, Palm Desert, California, 92261. That's P.O. Box 1333, Palm Desert, California, 92261. I'm Jensine Bard. Please join us again for testimony.